so a quick note before we start. While recording the bulk of episodes 3 and 4, I was using a new setup, and for reasons that should become clear, I am no longer using that setup. The audio kind of sucks for the next two episodes. I'm sorry. I hope you enjoy the episode, nonetheless. Off the cutting room floor and its host has no association with Santo Rigatuso, Robert Bob Harris, Joey So, Santo Gold, Blood Circus, or any related business, alias, or entity. All information presented has been gathered through public sources. You know, sometimes, things just don't seem to go your way. Maybe one day, seemingly everything that can go wrong does. Maybe that date movie show ends up being a letdown. Maybe you lose an election and lead a failed and yet still deadly coup that should have lost you your job even though you only had a week left anyway. Maybe you're in the middle of a combination global pandemic election cycle that's causing you deep emotional stress and decide to produce a season of your podcast by the end of June. Wait, no, maybe it can be July. Oh, and now it's November. I'm fine, it's fine, everything is fine, thank you for asking. Maybe you make a movie, and the few people who care to see it think it's incomprehensible. I'm Joss Hossington, and this is Off the Cutting Room Floor. Episode 3. It'll just make dollars. takes place outside the ring. Some of the wrestlers slap each other as they sit in groups waiting to go on. We also have scenes that take place in heaven, but it's impossible to say what these angels are talking about. I'll speak in Baltimoreese. On Wednesday, November 25th, 1987, at the Patterson Theater in Baltimore, along with three other Maryland theaters, Blood Circus was shown to the world. In line with the seemingly DIY nature of the film, all four theaters had been rented by producer Bob Harris, since, apparently, no distributors were interested in releasing the film. The premiere wasn't exactly a success. According to the Baltimore Sun, only three people attended, two critics who worked for the Sun, and an extra in the film. Critic Lou Cedrone stated that two out of the three attendees read newspapers as they sat and waited for the film to start. Partway through the film, they resumed reading their newspapers. In his review, Cedrone did highlight all the things the film did right. The photography, for instance, is the best. Images are crystal clear and the cameras move as though they are on roller skates. The music is pretty good too. The score is largely classical and what is more important, it fits. Then there is the cutting. That's exceptionally good. It is both swift and sure. Oh, were you expecting more? That was it. To sum it up, he thought the film was entirely incomprehensible. Writing, It has something to do with extraterrestrial cannibals who are banished from their planet for eating too many nice people. Somehow, they find themselves in Baltimore in the arena, where they impersonate six masked matmen, and the only reason we know this is that Harris told us this much two years ago when he and his crew were filming at the arena. In an interview published on November 27, 1987, in the Baltimore Sun, which pointed out that despite promotions saying the audiences were offered $100 worth of Santo Gold jewelry, no such promotion actually took place at the premiere. Bob Harris himself stated that the film was very much a vanity movie, though he explained, Everyone has to like something in the movie. If they don't like the jewelry, they'll like the scream machine. If they don't like the scream machine, they'll like Thunder Vision. If they don't like Thunder Vision, they'll like the angels that come down and bother everybody. It's all a way of assuring that the movie is successful. This movie is obsessive in every way. 
In the interview, Harris refused to give his legal name or his age, saying that he preferred his privacy. He wouldn't even allow any photographs to be taken, with the son describing him as good-looking in an offbeat way. Though, he did disclose a summary of his upbringing. He grew up in southwest Baltimore. He took over the family barbershop at 16 after his father's death, dropping out of Edmondson High School in the process, eventually turned it into a music shop, and then moved to Florida with his family before moving back to the Baltimore area. Hey, wait a minute, I think this man Sam. He also refused to name the company he managed and was serving as the board of directors for, or where it was based. With his office located in a nondescript building filled with medical specialists, behind a door marked private, no admittance, that was behind yet another unmarked door. The reason for this? A fear of burglary. Harris also made sure to make it very clear that, though he had developed it, he did not own the Santo Gold process, and that three months previously, a new set of owners had taken over the business. He was a promoter, the man behind Santo Gold's advertising, inspired by the growing popularity of TV wrestling to tie the brand into the genre. And, according to Harris, the film wasn't created as a money-making venture. It was made to promote a Texas wrestling promoter, allowing him to take a small break. I'm a compassionate person. I believe in helping others. Alas, things hadn't gone as planned. Though the premiere was nondescript, that was by no means Mr. Harris's intention. We had planned a big premiere. We had planned a parade. We had planned helicopters, airplanes. We had planned to have a wrestling ring lifted down from the sky with wrestlers actually wrestling on it. Then... The list of all the people in Blood Circus was stolen. Maybe I'll do one in Washington. And as for the claim that the film was incomprehensible, Harris had this to say. Blood Circus won't make sense. It will just make dollars. In his review, Lucid Drone also touched on Harris himself. Oh yes, Harris also appears in the film. We see him and his family and the children may be the best actors in the movie. Toward the end of the film, after the wrestling stops, Harris sings a song. He may be doing a parody of some of these sillier rock singers, but again, it's hard to tell. Oh yes, the song. A five-minute scene near the end of the film consists almost entirely of Harris as rock singer Santo Gold, singing a song entirely about Santo Gold jewelry. A Howard Ashman number, it is not. There's no connection to the plot, the characters, the action. Just an Elvis knockoff singing a song about mail-order jewelry. And to promote the film and the brand, the scene would be aired on TV as a part of Santo Gold's infomercials. Because of that, it's among the only footage from the film publicly available. Nothing I could say could do it justice. The best description I can think of for the choreography is a shuffle. Defense attorney David Irwin later told the Baltimore City paper, 
What you have in Blood Circus is a man totally out of control. He's literally an insecure, scared little boy with serious mental problems. Like a lot of little boys, he acts out flamboyantly as a defense. A blood Circus made all of that very public. Soon after, the film finished its rented run, and for a time, life went on as normal in Maryland, and for Bob Harris. And then, the feds came with their own bracelets for his arms. <laughs> Whatever. This has been Off the Cutting Room Floor. The cast featured in order of appearance were Director Adam Murray as Lou Cedrone, Hunter, the host of Murder and Such, as Santo Regazzo. Maxwell, the host of Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, as David B. Irwin. Podcasts and social links for the cast can be found in the show notes. Opening and closing theme, Always Slept So Soundly, is by Sarasu, off the EP, Domestications. He can be found at soundcloud.com sarasu, and on Twitter, at sarasumusic. Oh, and while you're at it, go to covidvaxinfo.com. Got corrections? Want to get in touch? Shoot me a message at Joss Hosky on Twitter, the show at OTC Room Pod everywhere, or send an email to cuttingroompod at gmail.com. Want to support the show and what I do? Become a patron at patreon.com slash josshosky, share the show with your friends, or leave a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Sources for this episode can be found in the show notes. To find transcripts and any corrections, visit cuttingroompod.tumblr.com. And again, that's covidvaxinfo.com. Maybe you're... I hope to God that maybe can be used.